Okay, great. So you said Bill Gates saved your business. What, what advice was it that Bill Gates, you heard from him that saved you? Hey, Insider, in a moment, I'm going to play the interview with Evan Carmichael and I. And if you haven't heard of Evan Carmichael before, he's got a YouTube channel called Evan Carmichael with almost a million following. He's an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and a business consultant. You're going to really enjoy this one if you're somebody who wants to venture out into the world of entrepreneurship, if you're currently stuck in a 95 job, or maybe right now you're an entrepreneur, but you want to learn the hacks that will help you to become more efficient. This interview is for you. So be sure to stick around all the way to the end because there's a lot of golden gems and nuggets that's dropped during this interview. Hope you enjoy it, Insider, and would love to see your feedback in the comments box. So be sure to post them below. So I first came of, uh, came across your content um, when I came across your Steve Jobs Top 10 Rules for Success. And ever since I've been pop- seeing your videos popping up on my uh, homepage on YouTube. Um, so if you were to give insiders some backgrounds in regards to, you know, how you really got started on your journey, because I'm sure you wasn't just always involved with, uh, you know, fmcarmichael.com and so forth. Um, yeah, if you could just give us a short glimpse in regards to how you really got to where you are today, that'd be brilliant. I had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my very first you know, dime that I made was selling artwork as a five-year-old with my three-year-old little sister. We sold it to my next-door neighbor and made, made five or ten cents, and that was the first money I made. And I did a whole bunch of baseball cards, like lots of little things. But I never actually thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, I'm, I'm 30 – what year is it? I'm 37. And so when I was growing up, entrepreneurship wasn't talked about. It wasn't a hot thing. And uh, I thought I wanted to be a banker. And so even though I had all these kind of entrepreneurial tendencies, uh, I thought I wanted a traditional job. And when I went to university, I connected with two entrepreneurs who had started a business, and they asked me to join as an owner. And it was the toughest decision I had to make of my life. But basically turned down the, the big jobs to do this startup where I was you know, really sucking at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, making no money. And eventually built that, sold it, and uh, never went back to kind of a corporate lifestyle. Um, I started this business in, in terms of helping entrepreneurs because of how difficult it was for me to get my first business off the ground. I wanted to make things a little bit easier for other entrepreneurs who are starting their journey. And specifically around modeling success because Bill Gates saved my business. I've never met him, you know, hope to one day, but by reading his story and understanding what made his software company successful, it saved my software company from failure. And so I wanted to go on a journey then to learn from other successful entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs, like other people. Every day we have new content with different entrepreneurs. Mm. And I thought this is good for me to learn. And it's also hopefully helpful for other entrepreneurs to be able to get a glimpse into the success of uh, you know, people who've had a lot of success. Okay, great. So you said Bill Gates saved your business. What, what advice was it that Bill Gates, you heard from him that saved you? So in my first business, I mentioned we were having a really hard time. I was making $300 a month you know, like barely enough to survive, eating Mm. beans for lunch every day, all that stuff. And and, uh, it came out as a result of me telling my business partner that I quit. And it was the worst day of my life. And I can't, I couldn't imagine me saying that I quit on something that I cared about. And I had like no sleep that night. I woke up the next day and uh, I just thought, you know what, I need to find a different way to do it. And the lightning bulb moment was somebody's already figured this out. Like I don't have to come up with every genius idea myself. Somebody's already figured out how to sell software. So what have I just learned from them and I applied their strategies to my business? And so I looked at Bill Gates and I looked at some other people, but Bill Gates was the one that stuck out most. And I was selling biotech software. He was selling 
productivity software, but I thought there's got to be some lessons that I can learn from this guy. And I look at how did he get started, like zero to one. How did he do that? Not how he makes an extra million now. That doesn't. I can't do that. I need to get started, like zero to one. How do? I, how does that happen? And for him, it was partnerships. And so their big deal came with IBM, where every IBM was the big manufacturer at the time, and every computer shipped had Microsoft software on it. That's the thing that broke Microsoft open. But Microsoft was already a seven million dollar company when they made that deal. So that's not huge, but it's it was seven million more than what I had at the time. And so how did he get to seven million? Well, it's still through other partnerships. So finding people who are selling to your target market and find a way to work together. And so I said to myself, okay, that worked for Bill Gates. I've got nothing else to lose. My company's on the verge of failure. So how about partnerships? And I started researching different people we could potentially partner with. And within a couple of weeks, I sold my first partnership deal and I got them to pay $13,500 up front. And for me, that was just mind blowing. Like I'm making $300 a month to make 13 and a half K. It's like, I am rich. This is crazy. <laughs> I can't believe like I'm actually making money. What? Looking back, it doesn't seem like a ton of cash. But at the time, I, it's like I hit the jackpot. Uh, and more important than just that one deal, I had a, I could do it again. Like I, that, that was just one partnership. I could do another partnership and another partnership and just keep repeating it. Um, and actually, our first partner was based out of the UK, where you are. So that was interesting. Um, and so just that that specific thing around modeling partnerships and applying it to my business helped save my company. But then in a broader sense, it's one of the most important lessons I ever learned in that if you ever don't know what to do, tell yourself, somebody else has already figured this out. And if I can learn from their success, and I can apply it to my business as well. So would you advise that to people who are starting out in business, let's say, like who are total newbies to the world of entrepreneurship? Would you say getting guidance and just modeling success is important? Yeah, I would look at two kinds of people to model from. One, the people who've already made it in your industry. So if you're in software, look at people who are doing software. Like if you're trying to be successful on YouTube, follow other YouTubers. And it doesn't mean you copy and paste. But just to get ideas, to get inspiration, like, oh, that's how they did it. And so apply that into your business. The other people I look to are just people who you look up to. You know, if you want to be a YouTuber, but you love Steve Jobs, you know, there's something you can learn from him. And because you love him so much, he's your favorite entrepreneur, then you'll be able to take lessons and apply that to your business. And so whoever it is that you look up to, you can learn from them and find a tweak to bring that to your industry. It, it one, gives you specific ideas. So... You know, Bill Gates, partnerships, great, I'm going to apply that. And two also gives you, at least help for me, it helped give me a lot of motivation. Because a lot of these guys, if you look at the, the heroes you look up to, chances are they started from less than what you already have right now. And so seeing them do it just gave me confidence that, like, why can't I do it? I can do it too. And most people's environments aren't massively supportive. Most people don't have parents telling them, you're going to be a great entrepreneur. Keep going. And friends are like, wow, you're so good. Right? Like most people are saying, their family, their friends are like, what? what are you doing? Are you making money? Is This isn't going to work. And so it can be hard to be the, the lone person betting on this dream and everybody else around you, you know, doesn't get it. And so changing your circle, it's why, you know, these people are behind me on my wall here in my office. You want to have an environment of success. And that is motivating as well as the tangible kind of how-tos to grow your business. Yeah, that's interesting because we, we just before we jumped on this call insider, we were actually discussing in regards to how the, the background looked really cool. Got Steve Jobs and then I noticed Kanye West in the corner. I had to just double check that that's Kanye West. Um, 
Now, I, 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 is, is Kanye West your, like, somebody you look up to? Because normally we don't tend to see Steve Jobs with Kanye West on, a, on the same, same wall. And, you know, I, I run an event in London and often when I mention Kanye West, people are, like, crossing their arms and saying, oh, Kanye. What, what, what's Kanye, what, what does he really mean to you? How comes he's in your environment right now? Yeah, so all so Steve Jobs, Howard Schultz started Starbucks, is my parents and me when I'm eight, AP Janini started Bank of America and then Kanye. And they all represent something to me. And my message more here is put things up that represent something to you. Like I walk mm-hmm. in, I'm working here, I got like Steve Jobs and Howard Schultz staring me down every day. <laughs> so it it's it's inspiring for me. And so for the people watching, like you wanna have an environment that inspires you. Why Kanye's on the on the board is that's a moment from an interview that I love. It's one of my favorite interviews with him where he was saying the time is now. Like the time is now to be the greatest you. I don't want to be locked inside some corporation for the next 30 years of my life. The time is now. And so like take action. So a lot of these guys have great messages and I believe in them and I love them. But the like now, don't wait. Like don't wait for a five-year plan to happen. You want to start a YouTube channel? Start like right now. Get your phone and start making videos. And uh, you know all of these people – I don't think you I don't think you need to have a role model that you want to be exactly like. Like you may love Steve Jobs, but maybe he wasn't the greatest father, maybe he wasn't the greatest manager. Like that's not what I look to him for. Yeah. Right? And all of these people. So all the people that I profile on my channel, they're people that I pulled something from. It's not that I love everything about them. There's a lot to Kanye that you don't want to really model. You don't want to emulate, right? Uh, he says a lot of things that you know, he puts his, his foot in his mouth more than maybe any human being. Uh, so that's fine. I don't want to take that from him. Mm. But that concept of the time is now and, and to do the thing that you want to do and not wait and not be put in chains and not sit. You know, I know a lot of your audience is the entrepreneurs. Like, how long are you going to be a entrepreneur? Like, are you going to be 20 years later still thinking of that idea? Like, the time is now. Go and do it. And so that's the reminder. When I see Kanye... That's a clip from that interview. That's what it's a reminder for me. Anytime I think of something like, you know, one day I want to I want to be on uh, Tim's Tim's channel. Like, no, the time is now. Let's make it happen. Right. Like yeah. fast forward your five year goals to three months and then start making them happen. How long have you been running your channel now for Evan? I don't know. It's uh, a tough question. I'm sure that it's in the stats somewhere. When I first started, it was I think like most people, you just get the name. Right. Like you, you get the name and you sit on it and you make a video and then, you, you know, nothing happens. And I think I started taking it seriously probably around three years ago where I'm making regular content. Um, I just don't typically look back so much. Yeah. It's all like what I'm doing now and where we're going as opposed to in this year I did this and this year I did this and how long I've been going. Um, and it's also like just because if you look at my channel history, maybe maybe I've been around for eight years or nine years. But uh, it doesn't matter. Like for the people watching, if you want to start your own YouTube channel, don't don't think that it has to take nine years. Like you can get there a lot faster if you're putting in the work. Um, and so I'd always be careful about comparing yourself to somebody else. If it helps you move forward, that's great. But most people use it as a kick down. It's like, well, he got this far by this age. Like if you're comparing yourself to me, like he's 37, I'm 42, I'm too old now, I can't do it. You know, and people compare themselves to others and they kick themselves down. Where if you can use that as motivation to kick yourself forward, then I think it's helpful. But I just don't think people use it properly. Right. And you are almost at a million followers uh, right now, aren't you? 
Yeah, depending wow. on when you put this live, we, we should be at 900,000 and a million in November, probably. My goal Incredible. was a million by the end of the year. Nice. So it looks like uh, it's going to happen. Meaning you must reach millions of people every single month. So I suppose the question is, I'm sure every single day you're receiving tons of questions in your inbox, flooding your YouTube comments, Instagram and so forth. What What's the most common questions you get asked by your audience, uh, your entrepreneur following? Um... I think a lot of it is people still trying to find themselves. People don't know what their passion is. People trying to figure out what business they should start. There's a there's uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in my community too. There's oh, a lot okay. of people watching these videos, looking for, looking for the ideas, looking for the push, looking for the inspiration to kind of get going. There's a lot of people who don't right. quite know what their passion is and how to turn it into something. Um, it's probably the single most important or single most common question that I'll get. Right. So what would you say in regards to, let's say, entrepreneurs? Because, you know, we, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs there in, inside the community as well. But the, the reality is they're very scared of making that big jump, going from nine to five to just not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. What do you believe is, let's say, the one big blockage that, that prevents people from really taking that leap and succeeding once they've actually taken that leap? What would you say I'll, that is? Yeah, I would say don't make it a leap. Don't make it a big step. You don't have to quit your full-time job to do this thing. What what a lot of times people do is they have this idea and you love the idea. It's like this is this is my big idea. This is going to be my masterpiece and it's just going to change the world and it's so exciting. And it's so easy to live in that future world of how exciting everything's going to be. But the more you live there, the bigger the idea gets. And then you realize, oh, I need a team and I need to have all these people. And then to make that happen, I need to raise a million dollars. And you just make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger that it becomes impossible to ever actually do. And then you get depressed. Like, I can never go out and do that. Like, who am I to go out and do that? Mm-hmm. Where what I encourage people to do is have a big goal, have a big dream. You need to, but then act small. You're thinking big and you're acting small. So whatever it is that you want to do, Find one small way to just get started. So to start a YouTube channel, you don't need to have an editor and a researcher and a production team and be great at all of this stuff. Like just do a video and expect it to suck and be okay with it sucking and then just suck a little bit less the next day. Like people will make a video and then or they'll make their first product or whatever it is and it will suck and then they know it looks good. They know that. If they watch a big YouTuber or they see somebody else's product, they know like, well, that's what looks good. And I can't make that. And so I suck. And I'm never going to try again. It's taking the big vision and, and living there and loving it, but finding the smallest possible action to get started today. Know that it's going to suck and just keep the continuous momentum going every single day. Right. So since you uh, started your, I believe you started your journey at the age of, um, by the age of 19, you sold a biotech software company. Am I right in saying? Yeah, so I joined when I was 19 and I sold it when I was 22. Okay, so since then, have you have you just been full-time entrepreneurship or have you gone to, I don't know, full-time position working for a company or have you just been an entrepreneur since then? Yeah, no, no, I've never, you never go back, dude. You never go back, <laughs> unless you're forced to, you never go back. You know, I was in a fortune situation where when I sold my business, mm-hmm. so, I mean, we sucked at the beginning, I was making nothing, but when we sold it, I made some money, right? So I didn't, I didn't have to go out and do anything that I didn't want to do. I wasn't set up for the rest of my life and it's like multi-generational wealth and my kids are looked after forever. But I also didn't have to go get a job, you know, so that was good. Um, when I sold the business, it was it was uh, great, but then also 
you wake up the next day and like, what do I do? My company is gone. Like this thing that you just spent the past few years of your life working every single day on, you don't have to do any more work for it. Uh, so it was also kind of depressing and sad. And it's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining. You know, it it's, can be hard to relate to for people who haven't gone through it. Um, I just started thinking about what do I, I want to learn? What do I want to get better at? What do I, you know, what knowledge do I want to pour into my head? And for me, the next step was raising capital. I never had to raise capital for my business. We bootstrapped everything. But I was curious about it, just in case. Like, I was just interested in the industry. So I joined a venture capital uh, organization and um, helped them bring on new deals, learned uh, how they evaluated deals, got involved in helping some companies build and scale, and just got the insider's view on how to raise capital and realized that wasn't for me either. And then got started on helping entrepreneurs uh, and kind of just fell into it. I said yes to a whole bunch of things until I found something that I really loved. And I think it's it's a really important lesson for entrepreneurs and, and entrepreneurs. There'll be a lot of moments in your life where you don't have clarity, where you don't know what to do. You're searching. You're trying to find meaning. You're trying to see what the thing is that you want to do. And the, the path through that is to experiment. Like you're not going to figure it out sitting on your couch thinking you got to go out and, and try and say yes and do things at least say yes once and if you don't like it great don't worry about it but if you do then you keep going uh but you'll have a lot of those moments in your life where you won't have the clarity and so it's okay to search and to wander and try to figure things out but when you find the clarity when you hit on the thing that you want to do then you have to go and run at it hard for as long as that window is open because the window is going to close like that gap to be able to take that opportunity, it's not gonna be there in five years. And so if you have the clarity to say, this is what I wanna do, then you have to focus as much effort as you can on that with, yes, I have family, yes, I have a job, all these other things, but like you gotta have focused effort to get the thing done. Uh, because a lot of people realize that, then they let the window close, and then the rest of their lives are saying, you know, that guy made lots of money off of my idea. Like, well, no, it was his idea and he just executed and you didn't choose to do it. And so instead of living a life of regret for the rest of your life, when you know what you want to do and you find that thing, then you have to invest as much energy and time as you can into it before the window closes. Right. So it's all about taking action and just finding that uh, thing. Do you believe that we are destined for a specific, let's say, company that we meant to start or do you meant do believe in something else what's your belief in regards to that do you believe we're born to do something or do we just find something along the way i think everybody has what i call michael jordan level talent at something most people never find it uh, i believe even the, the greatest basketball player of all time isn't michael jordan it's somebody you've never heard of it's a manager at Starbucks because he never picked up a basketball. And so he could have been the greatest of all time. And instead, he's a manager at Starbucks and he's OK with his life instead of being great at something. And so I don't know, you know, I don't I don't know about the words destined or anything like that. But I, I believe everybody has that kind of talent. You have genius level talent at something. And you've got to go and figure out what that is. And it's it's your responsibility, not just to yourself, but to your community, to your family, to the people around you, to the world, to then share it, share that gift. And so part of the path to finding it is just trying things. You know, maybe not everybody should be an entrepreneur, but everybody should try it. You should try it and see, like, did I like that? Did I, was that fun? Was that enjoyable? Do I want to keep doing that? 
And if it's not, great, then go do something else. I think too many people don't try enough things. We get locked into a career path way too soon, and then you don't know how to get off of it. And then the further on you get, the more responsibilities you have, the more difficult it is to jump off and do your own thing. And so I think it's everybody's responsibility, first to themselves, to have a happy life, to figure out what they have Michael Jordan level talent at. Okay, great. Wow, that, was, that hit deep. <laughs> now, say somebody has already taken that leap or have taken the steps to move forwards and they're running the company. When should they consider hiring somebody? And if they, if they should hire somebody, and if that's the right time, who should they hire first to really scale that company? So my philosophy is I hate spending money till I'm making money, just as a general rule. So in a new business, I hate, I hate spending a lot of money before I'm making something. And so I'll invest my time, my energy, my heart, my hustle. Even now, like even when I started on YouTube, yeah. I had a successful business. I had my website running. I had my team built. We were, we were growing. We were doing good numbers. And I wanted to try YouTube. I spent nothing on it. I didn't buy any camera, any gear, any lights, any sound, any editors, nothing. It was all me. Just to, just to see if I can make it work. Because what happens too often is people will, will spend money and they'll buy the 10,000 t-shirts and then they sell two and then you have this garage full of t-shirts, right? So I think, I think what entrepreneurs should do is try to figure out a path to revenue by yourself or with your business partner. But don't start bringing on people until you're making money. Now, the first person you bring on doesn't have to be a full-time position. The first guy I hired was for, for one hour a day. You can hire people for an hour a day or a couple hours a week. So you don't have to think, well, I need to save up 30, 40, 50K before I can bring on somebody. No, you could start right now. Just 15 bucks an hour for one hour a day. Like You can get some work off your plate. Um, what I'd be looking at is then if you, if you have made a little bit of money, you're looking to now hire somebody, what are the tasks that you – are CEO level at, where at the beginning you're, you're everything. You're the janitor to the CEO. You're doing everything in the business and you have to. But once you can afford to hire somebody part-time, then what is the kind of lowest level stuff that you hate doing that is not worth your time anymore? That if you can pay somebody uh, a nominal weight per hour, they end up doing that work and that frees up. So that, that one hour work that I gave to Rob, the first guy I hired, uh, freed up an hour and a half of time for me every day because he was better at that thing than I was. He could do it faster. And so now I have an hour and a half that hopefully I can go out and make more money that's worth more to my business than what I'm paying him. Right? So be looking at, I want to spend as much time being the CEO of my business as possible because that's where you can bring your genius level abilities to. At the beginning, maybe you're only spending 5 or 10% of your time as actually being the CEO and 90, 95% just executing and doing all the crap that has to go with being an entrepreneur. So that chunk, that 90 to 95% of crap, I want to start dishing out to other people who for them, that's what they could be Michael Jordan level at, right? Like yeah. video editing for me, I'm crap at it. I don't want to do it. I sucked at it. It slowed my time down. I made one video a week when I was doing it. Uh, and so for me, that's, that's work I don't want to be doing. But for my editors, it's like they love it. They don't want to do what I do, and I don't want to do what they do, but together, it works. Is this a right? virtual team you're, you're talking about at the moment? Or? It's a mix. So there's eight people who work just on my YouTube side, and it's a mix between local and uh, outsourced. Wow. Eight people working on your just, – just on YouTube alone? Yep. Yep. What, what do they all do? 
Uh, so I have a camera guy who comes in and films. Okay. Um, I have uh, two full-time editors because we do three videos a day. Three videos three a day. day. Three videos a day. It's a lot of content. <laughs> That's so two content. full-time editors and a part-time editor. Um, I have one and a half guys who do comments. So they respond to my comments. We get a couple hundred comments every day on the channel. And they're responding to most of them and saving ones for me that I need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a guy who helps me with the strategy. Uh, I have one and a half guys on research. Did I say research? No, I haven't said research yet. Research, like finding all the clips. Uh that we're going to look at and then they bring it to me and then I, I review it and get feedback. So that's, that's nine, but they're not all, they're not all, uh, like there's halves in there too. Right. So, and then me, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. Like trying to keep up with three videos a day, even doing one video a day is, is a lot of work. It's incredible. So are you filming in bulk for that or just uh, every day you're filming sort of thing? Most of them I do. So most of them I'll come in. I used to do it once a week on a Wednesday, and then I challenged myself and my team to say, I wonder if I could do them all in one day a month. And so it ends up being like 60 wow. videos in one day. In one day? Yeah. And so That's it's incredible. It's, <laughs> and part of the challenge was, yes, it's a little bit challenging for my team, just the mm-hmm. first time. To, it's actually then easier for them because if they have all the videos in, in advance, the editing process becomes easier for them. Mm-hmm. But the first month was a little hard. But it was the biggest challenge was for me. like. Do I have the stamina to make 60 videos in one day? Can I do it physically? I didn't know. So I thought, okay, well, I want to try. Let's see what happens. If I hit 60, it's great. If I hit 40, it's still better than what I was doing once a week. And, and we did it. And it's, right. it's great. And I love it. I actually sure. pick up energy with the day. Uh, by the time the day's over, though, I'm like, I, I crash. But my last video is better than the first video on recording day. Uh, so that's most videos. Most of the, the things that are not time sensitive so if we're doing a top 10 or a mentor me or believe life, like evergreen, you know, if you watch it in five years, it's still relevant. That stuff will record all at once. Anything that's time sensitive, like um, if I'm talking about my YouTube channel, the path to a million, you know, if I put out the video and it's a month later, you see the numbers are way off, right? So that has to be more in the moment. So I film a couple videos once a week on uh, Tuesday mm-hmm. and then most of the videos are once a month on a Wednesday. That's incredible. Just to give you some idea inside it, I, I publish one video a week, as you know. <laughs> He's publishing three videos a day. That's why I'm just so <laughs> amazed by that. So uh, what, what do you recommend for, let's say, entrepreneurs uh, or let's say who are really getting getting into this world of entrepreneurship? Do you believe they should be hiring experts in their field and paying, I don't know, 50K a year? Or should they be getting an intern or off uh i don't know just basically freelance across the world what would you really recommend for the initial staff recruitment phase so i think at the start you have to you have to be really good at something Mm -hmm. right so if i look at my if i look at my youtube channel as an example i love being in front of the camera and i love finding the finished like i love going through the clips themselves and kind of djing it together but I don't love doing the editing. I don't love doing all the initial research. There's a lot of stuff that I don't love doing. So that's what I'm really good at. And you need to you need to be really good at something. If you're not really good at something, then the best thing you can do is, if you're a entrepreneur, that means you have a job. Be in a job where you're learning the skill to be good at something, right? So if you want to learn to be uh, a speaker, 
you want to improve your public speaking, then be in a job where you get that chance. Like if you're just doing paperwork all day long, you're not learning the skill. Like the point of having a job is yes, to pay you money, but to teach you something. So you're making mistakes on somebody else's dime. If you want to start a shoe company, go work for a shoe company and get really good. So your day job should teach you about how to be good in your business somehow. It's giving you the skills. You're basically getting paid to learn the skills. You're getting paid to go to university instead of the other way around. Okay. Um, from there, what I what I recommend doing is when you – so you're doing something great and you are bringing in revenue, I try to offload some of those pieces where I can tell them what to do uh, as opposed to bringing on – like at the start, you can't afford to hire an expert and pay them 70 grand a year to do something. Unless they're coming out as a partner or they have, you have some kind of GV with them or they're earning a part of the revenue or there's commission or something which you can work out – you can't afford I don't, I don't know I don't maybe you can I don't know I couldn't afford 70k to bring on an expert at the start of my thing um, so I hired somebody who I could show what to do it's like hey go and do this and I'll pay you for an hour a day and then he got good at it and was better at it than me but he wasn't like the best in the industry at it he's freeing up my time to go off and do more valuable things and I can make more money and then I can afford to build up the team and do more things. Um, an analogy one of my early mentors told me was it's like it's it's pulling sweaters in a line where you're trying to get to the front of the line by pulling the pe the sweater of the person who's in front of you. So it's like looking at a looking at it one step at a time instead of trying to jump. Because that's what people do. It's like, well, to do this, I need to hire that 70K person, but I can't, I don't have the money to do it, and so I'm not going to start. That's where most people fall short. It's like, no, you don't need that 70K person. Hire somebody for 15 bucks an hour to start and it's not going to get you the quality that you want yet, but it moves you down the path. You're getting closer and closer and closer each time. Brilliant. Well, we're going to start wrapping up there, Evan. Um, but is it is it fine if you were to answer these two final questions because it's going to just provide a lot of value to our community. Uh, one of the it. questions I often get asked is, uh, Tim, you know, what was your favorite book and I'm, I'm sure they want to know what is your favorite book, Kevin, the, the book that's had the most impact on your life and business. What, what would you say? The book that had the most impact on my life and business, uh, I think is out of print right now. It's called Radicals and Visionaries, uh, where it looked at different entrepreneurs. It's basically what my YouTube channel was before my YouTube channel. It looked at a different entrepreneur and in four or five pages, you understood their story. And I would read one story every day to get motivation and to get ideas on how to build my company. You may be able to pick it up. You can look it up. Uh, Radicals and Visionaries by Entrepreneur. It was put out by Entrepreneur Press. Okay, absolutely amazing. And if uh, people want to follow your work or find out more about you, where should they go to? I think YouTube is where I'm most known, so you can check out my channel. You can just look up my name. If you want to engage with me personally, I'm doing more more so than a YouTube comments. I'm more on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram if you want to try to get a one-on-one -on -one dialogue. I often do these sessions where I'm on my treadmill and, oh, nice. and you got working out for like – for 50 miles. No, I'm not a treadmill desk. This is oh. a stand-up desk. Okay. But, but twice a week I go and do a workout in my in my gym here. And uh, for 45, 50 minutes, I'll be on my treadmill and I'm bored. So like, okay, the guys are doing Q&A. Yeah. So I go to my Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and people ask me questions. And so that's your best chance at kind of a one-on-one. -on -one. Absolutely amazing. Well, Evan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. Thanks for the love, Tim. Absolutely amazing. If you were to leave inside this one, let's say, final message to really summarize today's interview, what, what would it really be? 
I would just say that make make it important. Like make what you do every day important. A lot of people wait too long. Like I have this idea, one day I'm gonna do it. I want today to matter. I want the work I'm doing right now to matter. You know, I, I try to think of it in terms of next generation. So I want my son, I have an eight-year-old son, I want him to watch what I'm making and what I'm making today. Like this interview. I want my son Hayden to watch this interview and be moved by it and learn something from it. And I want my grandkids to watch this interview today. And so everything that I do on a daily basis, I try to think like this matters now, it's important. I wanna hang my hat on and say like what I made today, I'm proud of and not just wait for tomorrow or next week or that thing that's coming out down the line. Like every single day matters, make it count.